0: You're listening to Find Your Voice, a podcast made in collaboration with community-backed independent for Goldstein, Zoe Daniel. We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional land of the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. Well, hello everyone and welcome to our latest episode of Find Your Voice. This is a podcast where we talk about policy issues affecting Goldstein and Australia and we also just talk to interesting people about interesting things. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I sit, the Bunwarang people of the Kulin Nation and their elders past, present and emerging. My guest today is 11-year-old Abby who created Her Way magazine to tell stories about women's sport. The first issue launched on September the 24th last year at a cost of $2 with $1 from each copy going to UNICEF Australia's Empower Girls Through Cricket Appeal. The magazine's motto is If She Can, You Can and it's a digital monthly magazine that has support from several high-profile sportswomen. Abby, thanks for joining us on Find Your Voice. I think so. Thanks for having me. Great to see you.
1: Now, tell me about your love of sport. How did it all begin? Um, Well, I think it it must have started quite a few years ago. Um, I remember being maybe six or seven and my dad used to take me to a lot of, I think, men's like AFL games and basketball games. So I I love sport and I went to um, quite a few AFL games. Um, I started doing Auskick like a while after that. So I've always loved sport, I guess. But then maybe when I was um, eight or nine, he took me to a a women's cricket game, which is the first one I'd ever been to. Um, and I think it was there or at another one that I'd met um, the GWS Giants AFLW w captain, Amanda Frugia. And it was from there that I kind of wanted to watch a lot of women's games. So I guess I've always loved sport. My love for women's sport came um, not too long ago, but yeah. And what sports do you play? What are your favourite sports to, to play
0: rather than watch?
1: It, I think it would be pretty hard to pick a favourite, um, but it would probably be it'd probably be cricket, which I'm um, like in the middle of the season right now, I think, and also Aussie rules, And I also used to do tennis for about three years, but I stopped a little while ago. But, yeah, probably those. And maybe also basketball. Hmm. So enjoying
0: watching sport and playing sport is quite different to what you're doing, which is publishing a a magazine about women's sport. How did you make the jump to do that and why?
1: Well, it actually kind of started with the school thing. I had to make a game for my family to play during lockdown. And I made a board game, um, but it was female Monopoly, but it was female Olympians edition because I've always um, loved watching like female athletes because it's cool to see Like, I guess people that look like me are like on TV. So I made that. And then um, Olympic golfer Hannah Green reached out and she wanted to have a chat. And so I guess it was kind of a chat, kind of an interview, but I got to talk to her, which is really cool. And I guess I've always, I've always loved writing. So I've always wanted to write a book, I guess, when I was older or, or maybe like start a magazine. And I thought, why not make one about female athletes and like use that interview um, so I guess um Hannah agreed the golfer, she was kind of she was because I'd always wanted to kind of start something like a magazine, but I guess she helped quite a lot.
0: Mm. Mm. And she's not the only sportswoman who's thrown support behind you. Who else has come out to to offer support for this idea?
1: Um, well, lots of people I guess, if support, it means like I guess agreeing to interview, um like a lot of people that I've interviewed have been. They've been really nice. Like it's not like I guess I've just I've just met them or I've just interviewed them and then um never heard from them again. Kuway um was on the cover of issue to say kakabara She's um she's been really nice. I got to meet her again actually. So she's been she's been really great. And a lot of other um I guess not just athletes, um news reporter Sandra Sully, she's been she's been really great as well. Like at the beginning we would like, I guess, a lot of DMs on Instagram and things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so many people, I guess, not just athletes and I guess journalists and stuff, but lots of other people have been really nice. Lots of really great comments on um, like Twitter and Instagram as well.
0: And you, you sold more than a thousand copies of the first issue. Was that a surprise?
1: Um, Yeah, because I actually kind of, I guess I wasn't really setting a target, but I guess why I created it was because I really wanted more people to know about female athletes and I wanted them to get the same attention. And I was hoping for at least, I guess, may- maybe fifty readers was my was my goal. And then it kind of started to blow up after the first day or two. I was I was honestly really surprised, but I was um I was really proud, I guess, of how far that it had gone and how it keeps growing.
0: Yeah, and you know, the profile of women's sport has changed quite a lot in recent history there was a time when women athletes weren't as visible as they are now. How important is visibility in women's sport do you think?
1: Um, yeah I think it's a big part of why I started the magazine like even things like um, that I think are really important are that like female athletes and are shown on mainstream channels. Um, and I know that a lot of games like like I'm actually going to, a, to watch a, an AFLW game this afternoon. But um, a lot of games that I used to go and watch the men's games would always be after, and it was almost like the the women were, I guess, like almost almost like an ad, but like one before, so that they weren't they were never the the main game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think things like that are really important because oh yeah, um, I've always been really passionate about. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but um. I remember the WNBA finals were well, a little while ago and you can watch like men's like um university and college games on mainstream channels, yet you can't watch the women's finals um on T V, which was I guess a bit sad. But I think it's great to see that how far it's um everything's gone even just in a few years. Mm.
0: Do you think that the increased visibility of women's sport encourages girls to take up sport and and stay connected to sport as they Um, get older
1: yeah I think young girls and women knowing that I guess because a lot of them might want to be an an athlete or they might want to possibly become famous or something but knowing that they can like actually get paid money to do it and get shown um on tv would probably make them want to keep playing sport because they know that I guess it's it's all worth it and if you love sport um, and I guess you just want to do it for that, then that's, like, great as well. But I think things like that will make more girls want to get into sport and keep playing it because there's, I guess, other things. All your hard work will pay off, I guess.
0: Mm, mm. Do you have any particular sport role models that help you stay focused and motivated?
1: Um, I definitely have way too many to name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have quite a few, and I guess um, Cricket and AFLW and Just all kinds of sports, like Amanda Ferruccio, one of the best. Um, I probably met quite a few athletes before then, but she was probably someone who kind of like got me into Aussie rules. So although she's retired now, she was a big idol of mine. And also like Beth Mooney, she's also really um, inspiring. And I've met her and also interviewed her as well, um, which is really cool. And just a lot of the people I've interviewed, like, like Kate Campbell, like Madison De Rosario, Jess Fox, all of them. But yeah, I'd have way, way too, it would take about, it would take a long time to name them all.
0: Is there anything common to those interviews that you've learnt? Is there anything that stands out from any of those interviews that you think, oh yeah, that, that must be like a real driving force?
1: Um, I think there's, there's, I guess there's been a lot of things in common. I can't think of I couldn't think of too many, I guess, because a lot of them have been um, really different, but a lot of them have, um, especially AFRW players, although I guess I've kind of asked them about it, but a lot of them have, they've had to stop playing their sport when they were younger. Um, and I guess that's, it's not a great thing, but it's just, it um, shows that like nowadays, like young girls, um, women don't have to stop playing sport because I guess there are more opportunities and things but i think that would that would be the thing that most of them have in common i think mm. i think it's mainly i guess aflw players and i think a few cricketers as well but yeah i think that would probably be it although i can't think of too many. Mm.
0: and on aflw i mean the women are part-time athletes right now and the the season runs over the the hot summer before the afl season starts how would you like the aflw season to look in the future
1: i definitely like there to be um more games because i think i think it would also get way more girls into it if they knew that they would be able to play not just like a few months of the year but most of it like the men's plays um i'd also like them to definitely get paid more money in because they definitely they're definitely i think they're getting because some of the like best the best A-HOD players like Aaron Phillips and Daisy Face, probably don't even get enough as the men's players like them. So I definitely love them to get paid um, the same amount of money as men. Not more, but just, I guess I want it, um, it to be equal. So because the women, um, like they train just as hard as the men, they they play just as good as the men, yet somehow they're not rewarded. But I think definitely, definitely equal pay. And I'd like them to like, able to play in bigger stadiums although I do love watching them in the smaller ones because you can be way closer to them.
0: Mm. Yeah it, it's interesting it kind of reminds me of back in the day when my dad was playing for the Bombers when I was a little 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 kid um, and then when he was coaching football and, and playing in Tasmania where we could drive our car right up to the boundary and sit on the front of the car and watch, watch the game and be really close to the the players and I, I think my dad says that he was getting paid about $35 a week or something when he was p- playing for Essendon. So it was a very different era. So in some ways we've lost that closeness to the AFL men's because it's become such a big business now. It's very different.
1: Yeah, because I guess um, if the women did play in bigger games, it would be good because it meant that more people would be able to watch them, although I didn't get to watch the first ever game because I'm not. I'm not sure if I knew that. The AFLW was a thing back then, which is, I guess, not great, but it's great that I know what it is now. That there were people, like, the stadium was too small to fit everyone, that there were people, like, outside the gates um, trying to get in because the stadium was that small. But it is, it is great being able to see them from, like, like 100 feet away or, or kind of close. And how engaged are your friends
0: with women's sports? Abby, are they watching AFLW and women's cricket too?
1: Actually, I think AFLW and women's cricket would be two of the sports that I guess none of them know about. I remember asking one of my friends, I, I'm not sure why, but not too long ago, maybe a year a year or two ago at school, I asked um, them, like, do you know any female cricketers? Um, and she said, she said, um, Alyssa Perry, she, she couldn't even name, like, Elise Perry or Alyssa Healy, she got them, like, confused. But I think, I, I honestly think that they don't, a lot of my friends don't know that much. I guess they don't watch that much sport on, on television or they don't go to that many games. But especially with female athletes, I don't think any of them could name, unless I talk about, because I do talk about, like, um, Amanda Frugia. I used to talk about her to my friends a lot. So they could probably name her, but I, I, I think it would be, rate to if they would if they couldn't um know a lot more like I've I guess I've told them a lot about them but they honestly don't know um too many which is kind of surprising but a few Mm -hmm. of them have bought my magazine and I hope that's helped (laughs) yeah
0: I'm sure you're helping raise the profile there do you think you'd like to be a sports journalist when you get older is that the plan
1: um something to do with journalism or playing sport I think I'll definitely be doing something to do with sport no matter what it is but I'd love to um continue with sports journalism and things like that I'd like to I guess write a book when I'm older as well I'm not sure what about but it'll be about something um, yeah I definitely want to keep doing um sports journalism and I might not continue I'm going to continue her way for a lot of years to come but even if or when I stop it I'm definitely going to continue on the path of sports journalism
0: Mm. And you're really active on Twitter, where there is a, a quite a strong and passionate women in sport community. How does it feel to be part of that movement that is actually changing sport in Australia?
1: Uh, definitely not something I would have thought would happen a couple of months ago. Um, but because I guess I am eleven, my dad and my mom do monitor my social media a bit, which is um, yeah. But it's it's pretty crazy because why it feels like I'm just like an 11-year-old girl, but I'm somehow like changing things. Like, I don't know. It's really really crazy and hard to explain.
0: Mm, mm. But I I see that your Twitter feed is really full of up-to-date information and lots of it. How do you stay on top of all the sport that's happening around the country? Um,
1: One of the things is it's very hard to, I guess, watch it all, but, a lot of um Instagram and Twitter there's a lot of I follow a lot of, of like female athletes um and athletes so I guess clicking on things and seeing when games are coming up and sometimes it is a bit annoying because like there's a there's an A4W game and there's a basketball game on at the same time but yeah hopefully it's helping people um keeping up to date.
0: Now let's get to current issues then so Ash Barty um Australia hasn't Produced a women's a singles champion at the Australian Open since nineteen seventy eight. Do you think Ash can do it?
1: Um. Yeah, I was watching the game last night, and she did. She she hasn't really. She she hasn't really looked like she's gonna get beaten. Um, the whole tournament. I think. I I think. I honestly think she's gonna win. I don't know if anyone can beat her. She's looking really good. Um, I think Australia would definitely go crazy if she won there.
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and I hear that the next edition of the magazine is going to have a big winter sports um, focus with the winter olympics coming up is that is that part of the joy for you to learn about new sports and sort of delve into perhaps things that you might not have otherwise got involved in
1: yeah I I was going to say something but I realized I'd probably no no spoilers I can't give away anything but (laughs) yeah a few of the sports I didn't actually know they existed before I'd, I'd because I've interviewed quite a few Winter Olympians. But yeah, um, it's definitely helped me. I think I've learned just as much as anyone else has reading the magazine, like, or, or creating it. Because, um, yeah, I I didn't even know, like these some of these winter sports existed. And I think um, winter sport is very, because I think in some other countries it would be like the big focus on like summer sports would be, um like winter sports here in Australia but um, I think it's definitely important for more people to I guess have almost kind of like a guide so when the winter olympics do come then the kind of um, know what everything is like what this sport is what this sport is because I know I I definitely do now yeah and there's been a lot of talk in Australia Abby over the last year or two
0: about respect for women generally how how much notice do you take of of that conversation and how do you think that sort of ties to your desire to promote women in sport and and women's performance in sport?
1: I think that um that problem is kind of just women in general like getting more attention and more money is kind of is kind of like leads to the problem about women not getting paid as much and not um getting as much attention in sport but I think they're both they're both very important and they're both kind of I guess um along the same lines um I probably I I probably um think that I think they're both very important um but I I think I, de- I think I focus more on the the sport one and I don't I haven't heard too much about that conversation but it's definitely been like International Women's Days um coming up in a few months and International um Bow is a bit. It was not too long ago, and I know that there was like a I don't know what it's called, but in the city, like mm. a, a like a rally. But I think it's definitely a lot of people are um taking notice of it now. Like I've got a I've got a book. Um, it's called This Book Is Feminist. So I do like um like reading about that sort of stuff as well. But I think it's really important. What do your mum and dad think of what you're doing? Um, they've always, they've been really supportive. Um, they think it's really cool. Like, um, my mum and dad, like, help with sales and my dad helps with researching. But they, they never really said, like, no, you can't do this or this is going to be really hard. Like I said to my dad, because I kind of told him I want to make a magazine about sport. And he was like, okay, oh, we could make it with this. So it was, they've were they they've always been really, really supportive. And my my younger sister as well. They've never really told me that it's going to be really hard. I guess I'm still doing it now. And if they weren't, I guess, helping me a bit with it, I wouldn't be here because...
0: It's hard work, huh? And so tell us, when is the next edition of Her Way available and how do people buy it?
1: Um, so the next issue is coming out in a few days. It usually comes out a bit before the, the month starts just because it's it's kind of, I guess, dated if you get it a few months after then I guess it'll be kind of obvious but there's there's still a lot of things that um that doesn't really change you can kind of just it's gotten to a point where you can luckily just search up Hellway magazine on google or safari or whatever and um there's a shop where you can buy um all the issues the there's a 2022 subscription which is I think available for actually like a day more or something now but you can get a subscription where you just get all the issues. Um, but, yeah, I would say just search up by <laughs> way on Google.
0: <laughs> well, Abby, it's been great to talk to you and congratulations on being so motivated and putting in such a huge effort on something really important. We really appreciate your time.
1: Thanks so much for having me on again.
0: You can learn more about Zoe, her policies, and how you can support this grassroots campaign at zoedaniel.com.au. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review and share with your family and friends. Every bit of support matters. This podcast is authorised by Zoe Daniel. Level 1 9 214 Bay Street, Brighton, Victoria.